Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia. This is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. How do you do, my little sweetheart? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we wanted to talk about class clowns. Um, I'm sure you're an authority on the subject. Oh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't so much of a class clown. <laughs> I mean, there were, there were moments when I was in ninth grade that I used to go ahead and crack a bunch of jokes, like in class. They were like stupid, perverted, dumb jokes. Looking back now, there was like zero creativity. It was more of like, you know, someone would say something and I'd slip some innuendo there and I would just like say it out loud and I'd hear like people laugh or giggle in the background and I'd be like, oh. Well, me becoming the class clown actually didn't occur till college. Oh, you? Yeah. You weren't a class clown until college. Right. What do you mean? What, what did you do? Um, usually, um, once, and when I was in school, I had to take education very, very seriously because, you know, my father gave me that speech about, you know, my parents not having money for me for college. And if I, um, and if I really wanted to go, I had to get very excellent grades and get a scholarship, which thank God, thank God I did. The only thing I did though, as a kid without meaning to was when the third grade teacher asked the children, what was, um, what is Chesapeake Bay? famous for. So, of course, the Goisha kids in the class said, oh, you know, clams, uh, oysters, crab uh, cakes. crabs, you know, and uh, other, you know, the fishery. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what have I heard? What have I heard about the Chesapeake Bay? What have I heard? And there was a famous commercial at that time, a local commercial, only in Baltimore, from the National Brewing Company. And it went, national beer, national beer. You'll like the taste of national beer. And while we're at it, we're proud to say it's brewed on the shores of the Chesapeake Bay. So I raised my hand and I said, because national beer is brewed on the shores of the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> and I didn't mean it as a joke. I meant it because I was nine years old. and That's what I saw on television. Well, the whole class broke into total hysterics of laughter. And the teacher said to me, where did you get that? And I said, well, that's what it says on television. So the teacher says to me, you watch too much television. So the teacher thought it was so funny. She called my parents and told them about the incident. And my parents had a really good laugh about it. And my father said he would like to write that in to the National Brewing Company about what his nine-year-old daughter said in class. He didn't do it, did he? I don't know if he did or didn't. He might have. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, that, like being a class clown with being by accident. That happened to me in fourth grade. Um, in fourth grade, like all the cool kids would be wearing leather yarmulkes, and I wanted to wear one. But like Tati was against it because it stood for. It felt like you were being more less religious, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever baloney reason you could think of. But he wasn't a big fan of it. And I remember we had to write. Um, we were. It was the new year, not Rosh Hashanah, but it was like the new year. Uh, new year, and we were writing down. Um, shoot, I'm forgetting. What's the word? Resolution. We were writing our resolutions. So I wrote down that my resolution was to wear a leather yarmulke for coming here, <laughs> and I said that out loud, and everyone started laughing. And then she, uh, my my teacher, Mrs. Ahern, I still remember her name, Mrs. Ahern. She was like, "Don't don't make fun of it. We're not we're not, we're not making joke resolutions, making real resolutions." And I was like, "No, it's a real resolution. I really want to do it. It's what I'm really trying to do." Uh -huh. But um, she didn't understand that. And it, it, <laughs> you know, I never understood that business about as far as yarmulkes are concerned. So what? Where the yam? You know. The mitzvah, you know, the the men. I don't know if it's not a mitzvah per se from the Torah or whatever, but you know, you to wear yarmulke. 
who the heck cares? I remember, you know, and yarmulke, quite honestly. But I remember when you were a kid, they had uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle yarmulkes. I did have that one. I thought that was so cool. I thought that makes a mitzvah fun. Well, actually, no. My, my, I was told by in school by my principal that we shouldn't have any slogans on our yarmulkes, no logos in our yarmulkes, no nothing. It should just be plain black or blue yarmulke. And for a while, that always kind of bothered me, like, oh, come on, what are you talking about? And then I read a GQ magazine article. And the GQ magazine article. What's GQ? Um, it, it's for, I think it's Gentleman's Quarry, I think it stands for. I don't know. It's a, it's a men's fashion magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading it. And they were, this one guy typed up, like, at, wrote to the fashion uh, the fashion guru, like, what should I wear? And what he was asking was, what kind of yarmulke should I wear? Because I'm going into business. And the guy... So this was just a secular magazine. Secular magazine. Interesting. And somebody was like, well, what kind of yarmulke color should I wear? Whatever. Like, what what should, should I fit into the style of all my suits? Whatever. And the guy, honestly, and totally non-Jewish, whatever, but he's like, um, wear a black or blue yarmulke. Interesting. Uh, anything else, yeah. I just wouldn't... Well, I wouldn't respect you. Mm-hmm. That and that's what and that's what he said. Um, and it was just very interesting to, to hear that from like an outside perspective that you no, know, it's like just a plain black or blue yarmulke. So that's why I mean now I don't I don't wear anything but but black yarmulkes. Um, I used to wear different colored yarmulkes, things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just no, I want to be taken seriously and 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 with my job. So that's why I wear a, a black yarmulke. That's interesting. Well, I remember uh, class clowns. Um, in sixth grade, there were these two boys. Why is it always boys, by the way? Very seldom we have class clowns as girls. Yeah, but it's yeah. boys. And um, these boys, um, one time the uh, teacher asked the class who was um, – um, who was it? She would mention – yeah, we were talking at that time about the whole incident with – I believe it was Prince – Edward abdicating the throne to marry Wallace Simpson. I mean, we, they were still talking about that. This was like 20 years after the whole fact. It was like ni- this was like 1961, uh, And, you know, people still spoke about that, the, the history of that. And um, so she asked the class, okay, so when uh, Prince Edward abdicated the throne, what did he become? So one of the boys went Duke. And the other one went Earl, and the other one goes Duke, and the other one goes Earl, and then together they both go Duke, 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 Duke of Earl, Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl, Duke, Duke. Didn't you have a friend who would um, go to a DJ's and try to make them laugh or something like that? Oh yeah, when we were um, um, when I was like high slash high school college, um, there's we had like a bunch of kids that we all hang out, to, you know, you have friends that you all hang out together. And as a matter of fact, um, I'm not going to, I don't want to mention his name because, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody in public, but uh, later on he became part of our family. <laughs> and this guy was so hysterical. He worked at a um, slash radio TV station. It was one of the small independent stations at the time, station 45. And it was also a, uh, the same building where the radio station 98 Rock broadcasted from at that time. You're looking like uh, late 1960s. So um, he, of course, had a pass key. The building, of course, was a secure building, but being he was an employee, he had a secure, he had a pass key. 
And it was a thing at that time where if you had friends that worked in um, radio stations that you and your friends could would get into the radio station, get into where the DJ was, whoever, you know, if the DJ was a friend of yours or the person working close to the DJ was a friend and you guys would go, you know, everybody would go in there and when the DJ was broadcasting and do all sorts of things to try to make the DJ laugh. And I was reminiscing once with a woman um, also who's in my age bracket. And she, she said she remembers when she went to college, how she and some of her friends knew the DJ and uh, they had they were working in the station and that they came in after hours while the, their friend, the DJ was broadcasting. And while he was in the middle of broadcasting, they took a cream pie and hit him right in the face with it. And he had to continue broadcasting. And he was, in fact, he was broadcasting the news, he was reading the news and he had, to, he couldn't laugh or anything. He had to just continue reading the news. Now in our case, what we did, um, we would um, go in there and this, uh, the, at that time, the DJ was playing the Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash song, um, um, what's a boy named Sue. Mm-hmm. So my friend stood up and started re- like an act, acting out the song. And we were, we, had, we all had to keep from, you know, laughing, but he was, he was pretty, he was pretty funny, this guy. He used to joke around. About the famous song, you know, where, oh, where can my baby be? The yeah, Lord took her away from me. That I one, think, right. I think Pearl Jam did a cover of it. Right. But, you know, the original version was like during, was in, I think, 58, 59, something like that. And so he used to do a rendition of that where he would go, and there was my baby. And over there was my baby. And over there was my baby. Oh, God. So you said you were a class clown in college? Yeah, what happened was... um. My sociology professor one time, I used to do these little things like quiet little things, whatever, you know, that would crack people up around me, sit, you know, sit in the back of the, sit in the back of the room so the teacher couldn't see me and like put your hand over your mouth and say these little things so the people around you start laughing. So the sociology professor was talking about, um, he was talking about if nuances in verbal communication. Like he said to this boy in this class named David, he says, there's a difference between the way your mother, David's going to call you, she's going to go, David, and the way your girlfriend's going to call you and say, David. So I put my hand over my my mouth and I went, David, David, David. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people got a good kick out of that. <laughs> he didn't know I had done it. Everyone in the, the people in the back were cracking up laughing, but he didn't. Yeah, you know, he didn't. No, it's, it's funny. It's those those kinds of jokes I did in, in in high school. Yeah, I was a little immature for my. Age. Then there was one time in the biology lecture hall, we had a, prof- a biology professor who went to Ole Miss University of Mississippi. Ole Mississippi. Ole okay. Miss. In fact, he was there. He had. A, he was there when Medgar Evers who? was there at the time. Medgar Evers, I think. I think it was Medgar Evers. The was the first student black student admitted to um, University of Min- of uh, Mississippi. Okay. And um, so we asked him about, I think it was Medgar Evers, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he said that once he was admitted, unfortunately, the other kids in the, you know, the other the other students just totally, totally ignored him. But this guy, you know, was from the old, old South, and he was lecturing about the biological theories of the creation of the universe. Oh. So after he finished lecturing, he said, now, I'm not saying you got to believe this like the gospel. And I am... Um, 
felt I wanted my group represented, so I chimed out in front of the whole lecture hall. Yes, and there are some of us that don't believe in the gospel either. Oh, God. I, I, being, I, I guess being in college, I feel like there's more... You, I feel like people feel more free to express themselves comparatively to like being in high school. You have to have, oh, yeah. so I think that's why it's like, I know in college, I definitely had more jokes and said more ludicrous things than in high school. There was still a level of like restraint that like, I wasn't so sure if I should say it, should I not say it, should I be quiet, should I not be quiet? Um, like I remember when I was in, uh, in college, um, well, this wasn't really much, so much of a joke. It was more of like I was talking to um, one of the one of the teachers was was talking about about something, something or other. And so it was a, it was a social. It was a so it's like a social studies class, a humanities class. And some of the one girl spoke up and was talking about how the Jews were saved by the by the by the army during the Holocaust. And I got really upset. And I actually blurted out, I'm like, they weren't saved. People were ignored, that no one cared. And only at the fact that they defeated Hitler did it actually you know, come to rise. And I got really upset. And then um, the professor basically went ahead and, and, and told her to continue talking and just to ignore me and ignore mm. what, I have to, what I have to say. Um, and not, not to be afraid of me. I'm like, afraid of what? Like, I, I, it was just boggled what? my mind. Don't ask. This, oh, this professor ha had her own, you know issues but it's agenda agenda yeah, yeah yeah that's that's for sure um yeah i was, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's is a black lady who attended morgan and when i told her that one about the boys saying that they like their women like their coffee she says she chimed in yeah black and bitter that you were saying that when i was attending there oh <laughs> uh, i never i mean i never really heard any jokes like that but um it was definitely an interesting experience going to an hbcu uh, definitely, it, it definitely saw a lot of correlations between the black community and the Jewish community. Um, I, I could definitely say that 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 the the defensive perspective of of outsiders was definitely something that's, uh, that can be very easily correlated. Um, you know, it it just I guess it depends uh, on who you speak to, but the, I, I could definitely see from the people that I that I spoke to and, and hung out with. Uh, there was very strong correlations. So anyway, so there are there, were there any other funny things you did? Funny things I did. Funny things you did. You know, it's so, funny I'll be honest with you. I'll be, I was super serious in college. Mm -hmm. High school, I joked around more, um, like just saying stupid jokes. I did my two years in yeshiva, but after yeshiva, I went to college. And like I, I did a stint in in Orsamach where like I tried to joke around, but everybody there was like a – like taking everything very seriously because they were all like Baal Chubas and it's like their first experience learning Torah and mm -hmm. whatnot. So never really got anyone that was kind of on my level. So I couldn't really joke around that much. Um, I had a few guys there that was, that was friends with, um, but nothing really like that really took off. And then when I went to college, mm -hmm. when I went to get my master's in architecture, it was just constant serious like pressure of you got to be careful, not make a mistake. There are horror stories of of architects making mistakes and then getting sued and then having them lose their license and people dying. You know, we got told a lot of stuff like that. Mm, and so like putting together a building, man. Yeah. Like, so together a building. Oh. It, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, like I had all that pressure uh, focus. So I, I wasn't really in the mood to joke around. It was only actually at the end of my like 
last semester that I finally let loose and started joking around. And as I was joking around and, and, you know, cracking little quips and things like that to people, one of the guys was like, oh, Sadia has a sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't think of me as somebody that that had a sense of humor because I was always serious every second. Mm -hmm. I had had to get stuff done. I had deadlines. I I remember as a little kid, you had a certain, of all your brothers and sisters, you had a certain more serious demeanor about yourself than the other, you know. Well, I think that's a you problem. Were like, you were a little like, I have to say, a little more intense. You're a little more of an, an intense individual. Yeah. Well, even, even as a little kid, even as a preschooler, I well remember. That, well, that's why I tried working very hard to like get rid of that, you know. But I do remember, though, when you were 18 months. Yeah. And um, I tried sending you to preschool. And there was some little girl there who, for some reason, you were always beating her up. In fact, you took a toy, one of these little little rubber toy hammers, and you ran across the room and hit her over the head before the teacher could stop you. So finally, um, this little girl's parents were going to withdraw her from the school. And I felt badly. And so I told the director, it's okay. I I think I jumped the gun. I think I sent you to school much too early. You weren't ready for it. And I'll take you out and... Please, I would hate to see them, you know, because we were basically, I was working there, so they were letting you come free of tuition. Oh, yeah, and yeah, And whereas yeah. this girl's parents were paying, and I said, look, I said, I don't want to see you guys lose money. I said, it's okay. Tell them, tell the parents I'll withdraw my son. So when you, when your brothers and sisters came home, they found out that, you know, you would kind of, you know, that you weren't going to preschool anymore. You're only, it's like you were baby, you were only 18 months, you barely spoke a word. I'm very, your older sister ran over to you and was very angry. She yells at you, you got kicked out of school. And you looked up at her and smiled and went, <laughs> I actually kind of remember that. I, in a weird way, I kind of remember that, that like stern older sibling <laughs> taking control because of whatever reason and then telling me that like I got in trouble. Like it, that, 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 that's the one thing that resonates with me where like that happens so many times. <laughs> I can't even. Well, what happened was one of your older sisters, when she was in preschool, um, that morning I'd gone into labor. And I was not one of these people that liked to rush to the hospital. I liked to, you know, work around. I found it's better, in fact, to walk around the house, to work, to especially vacuum, sweep the floor. All this stuff helps labor to kick in much better and more and um, get it moving more quickly. Mm-hmm. So she had seen me in active labor. So, you know, she went pre- later on, she was picked up to go, you know, to go to preschool. And later on, her teacher says to me, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say the name of the older sister, but she said, such a, it says your daughter did a perfect reenactment of, of you in labor. She was on the floor and all fours going, <laughs> I have the breathing and the, <laughs> the, oh, the mom's breathing. I go, great. Right. Oh jeez! But we were talking about also one time uh, that earlier today we were talking on the idea of um, antics the children pull in houses of worship, and I think something like this goes totally goes across all ethnic, all religious lines because I'm sure every parent, no matter what religious denomination you are, has their own story of one of their kids pulling something absolutely hysterical, you know. Oh, some kind of stunt. House of worship, yes, some sort of stunt or whatever. So um, I remember there was one yuntuf where it was for the evening service. um, I was ready. I wanted to go on to show, and your father said, it's okay, I can go on, and he'll bring your older sisters later. Mm -hmm. So I go to show, 
and they couldn't, you know, your older sisters come and then they're sitting behind me and they have the prayer, you know, they have their prayer books, no davening. And I happened to glance around, I turn around, they were wearing very nice looking, but evening robes. When? For what time? This was one of the Yanim Tovim. And it was at night. It was at night? Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. does that, though. That's but normal. I didn't think so. I thought I wanted them to get dressed up in no, dresses. No, no. So, well, so what happened was so I turned around. And when I saw that they were wearing these evening robes that, you're suppo- that I thought you were supposed to wear around the house, I went, girls! And they all took their sedurim, their prayer books, and they put their prayer books in front of their faces. Okay. So later on, I said to your father, how could you have let them come in their in their night robes? He said, I didn't think these were night robes. I thought they were just very pretty dresses. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I definitely have a few other stories about situations in, in shul and whatnot when I was a kid. But that's for next time, or maybe never. You'll never know. <laughs> All right, Ma, I love you. Love you, honey. And let's not, don't slip into the twilight zone. All right, have a good Shabbos. Have a good Shabbos. Thanks, right. honey. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother episode. Please like and subscribe our Facebook group at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother podcast and check out our YouTube channel, Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I know you'd like it and my mother would appreciate it too.